Chris Black, the podcast. I'm your host, Chris Black, and it's good to see you again. You know, we try to get together about once a week, share some information. I'll tell you some stories, and uh, hey, you know, we just have a good time. That's the whole idea behind everything, right? So this week, we got some awesome things to talk about. We're going to update you on a uh, little project we discussed a couple months back. And uh, we've got some uh, some local things that have kind of been on my mind a little bit. And then I'll share you uh, share with you some of my pet peeves and some things that I see when I'm out here in the field um, working with businesses and so forth. All that and more. Swing by podpage.com forward slash Chris Black. There you can find information about the show, find ways to listen to the show, and uh, even find old shows and connect with me online. That's right. You can find me on social media. We can chat and learn more about each other and uh, go from there. We got lots to cover and lots of things to unpack. So, hey, let's stop dilly down and get to work. Y'all ready? Let's go. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you all for showing up. But most importantly, thank you for joining me on this week's podcast. My name is Chris Black, host of Chris Black, the podcast. And today we have a lot of exciting things to get started with. But before we get started, make sure you swing by and visit our website at podpage.com forward slash Chris Black. That's podpage.com forward slash Chris Black to learn everything there is to know about the show. Check out the archives and even connect with me on social media. So, this week's been kind of an interesting week for me. We've um, been recovering from uh, COVID. That was definitely a different experience. Um, I know a lot of people that have had it. Some are like, oh, it's like a bad cold. And some people tell me, oh, it's awful. I'm, I'm surprised I'm alive. And of course, I know some people that have unfortunately passed um, from the effects of COVID. But um, my wife and I both are kind of been getting over it. Um, it's the biggest thing we've both noticed, honestly, is the fact that the energy level, it ain't there. <laughs> We're still kind of kind of tired. And a really strange thing for me was I never lost my sense of taste and smell necessarily. But um, if you've ever been around a smoker and they light that first initial cigarette, when they hit that, that cigarette paper kind of burns, um, it smells different than when it hits the tobacco. And, and I smelled that starting of a cigarette all the time, which is ironic because I was a smoker for many, many years. So it's not all the time, but it's most of the time. I, I can definitely tell you I noticed the, the smell in the air, unfortunately. But, um, you know, stayed moving around you know, during the process. I served my quarantine time and uh, was able to work on some things from home and uh, been back to work this week. And it's it's been a little uh, a little challenging. We've, we've got a very busy work week, not only with the uh, the work side of things, but also uh, with our our home. We are in the process of mortgaging our house. We've, we've been here for seven years. We figured uh, now's as good a time as any to pull the trigger. Let's lay our roots and stick around for a bit. Um, we were only supposed to be in Wetumpka no more than two years. The, uh, I took a job with a company over here and basically I was supposed to, uh, start as a sales manager, which I did and, uh, train up to store manager because they were moving my store manager somewhere else. And then within two years I was going to another location and it would have hit perfect because the boys, the way their school schedules were, Skyler would have basically been going into high school somewhere else and doing his four years 
wherever my new store was going to be. Uh, that, of course, did not happen. That didn't really go to plan. So uh, once that blew up, we just kind of stuck where we were at. Um, and we were very fortunate to uh, have such uh, wonderful people uh, as landlords, um, you know, with a beautiful home. We, we've been here again seven years. And so finally it was time to pull the trigger and say, hey, let's let's lay down some roots. Let's do what needs to be done. And, um, you know, Skylar graduated last year. Christopher's going into high school this year. Uh, this is home for us. And uh, we looked around. We love the community that we live in. Um, we're very happy with um, with everything here. I mean, we've, we've never, in the seven years we've been here, said, gosh, I really wish this or wish that. I mean, it, it, we've always been very happy here. So we're going to, you know, pull the trigger. We're going to make it official. But along with that goes a lot of other things that I never thought about in buying a home. I knew it, but I wasn't really sure. Um, the state of Alabama doesn't require inspections per se, but of course we have to have a um, an appraisal and the appraisal should be pretty straightforward, but it's kind of a part of the appraisal is do certain things work and I'm learning that certain things can trigger inspections beyond just an appraisal. And it, it's just, it's a very interesting um, process for us here. So really this last week's kind of been, I mean, we've been going through the mortgage thing for a couple of weeks, but it's really kind of gotten to the fever pitch now uh, where everything's just, we got to go, got to go, got to go. And it's kind of, it's overwhelming. I mean, it really is. We want to get this over with. Uh, and that's kind of where I stand on the whole thing. So we started the process at the end of June and we're almost to the end of July. So we're a month in, we've done everything that needed to be done. Um, on our end, now we're just kind of waiting to see where it goes from here. But uh, it's definitely an interesting process. I can tell you, based on what I'm seeing, the housing market is beginning to cool off quite a bit. And I'm noticing that pricing on houses, we kind of look at as things go up for sale around us and in communities around us, we kind of keep an eye on these things to see what the houses are going for. And I mean, it used to be, you know, wow, I can't believe that house, you know, sold for 225 back in 2012. And it just, you know, listed for 350 and sold for 365. Um, there's been a lot of that up here and it, the, the buying power, um, has just been, I mean, if you can, do 350. I mean, that home was was a hundred thousand dollars less two years ago. In some cases, it's absolutely insane to me how different the the pricing mechanisms have gotten. But the good news is, I think it's kind of leveling out a little bit. But with the Feds monkeying with the rate and rates slated to go up and the uncertainty, uh, the mortgage side of it has been a little different for us. And that's one of the reasons we decided to pull the trigger. We know rates are going up. We don't know how far they're going to go up or how long this is going to go on. So we figured let's lock in where we're at now in the event something goes terribly wrong. So, uh, so far, like I said, it's just been, it has been an interesting process. Way more complicated than it should ever be, in my opinion. I have a um, an ability to kind of cut through and let's get from A to B as quickly as possible. Um, they don't believe in that in, in the mortgage world. And I used to work for a bank, so um, you would think I would understand. And it's changed even since 2015 a lot. Um, but we've got some really knowledgeable people that we're working with, and they seem to be doing a really good job for us. And for that, I'm grateful. Um, you know, in the meantime, of course, Christopher's, you know, kicking up to the, uh, 
he's starting his freshman year uh, with the marching band this year. Uh, he's doing percussion. So he's been doing percussion camp this week. He did um, basically the rookie camp last week and the next week's real deal band camp. So one time at band camp, I don't want to hear those stories. But um, he starts that next week, and um, away we go. It's amazing how fast the summer has come and gone, man. It's absolutely insane to me. But that's just kind of a sneak peek of what's going on in my world uh, these days. It's, you know, it's not really exciting right now. But I have a feeling as the uh, summer grinds on, which is almost over with, and we start school, we're going to get into some new things. So uh, stay tuned for the next segment where we talk about something even more exciting and elusive. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. We'll be right Welcome back to Legends from the Greatest Decade of All Times, and if you're new, it's the 1980s. The Roller Rink. In the days before electronics and unsocial media, the children would interact directly without the use of electronics. We would go to this magical place called the Skating Rink. This was a place that would require athleticism only found on Fridays and Saturday nights. Skating required great skill and grace, as roller skating was not the easiest thing to do. Most of us would put on our brown rented skates with the orange wheels on our feet with the fresh socks our parents made sure that we had, and we'd begin to skate in a large oval shape together, holding hands, interlocking arms, and even pushing each other to go faster and faster. We would socialize and enjoy the company of our friends and the other children who happened to be there. Then at some point, the DJ would come on the mic and clear the rink. We'd play various games such as Red Light, Green Light, The Hokey Pokey, and of course, Limbo, while on skates, because why not? We would skate, socialize, buy candy, and play in the arcade for what seemed like hours on end. Who could forget the drama when your crush would skate with somebody else, or two boys would get into a disagreement over a dice game? Ah, the skating rink, where men became boys and our parents took a break for at least a little while. Welcome back, everybody. It's 15 minutes past the top of the hour. And so in this segment, I'd like to cover a few of the news stories, kind of things that have been on my mind. Um, first of all, people who know me well will tell you I don't do the news. I, I kind of occasionally I'll peek on, you know, um, some you know things that show up on social media, things of that nature. And if it's something that really grabs a hold to me, I want to learn more about it. I'll go to the source and, and find out. Um, one of the things that was reported, and it's amazing how these things are interlaced and kind of lead from one thing to the next to the next. Um, over the weekend in the city of Montgomery, um, I live right outside of Montgomery, Alabama, uh, we had nine shootings reported. And that doesn't, I don't know. And initially I'm like, nine, that, that seems like a lot, but I don't know. And then the article started coming out complaining about the nature of you know gun violence in the city and and things of that nature and so um i was working with a retired 
officer. He's actually retired twice. Uh, he was a former MPD officer. He also worked for the Alabama Department of Public Safety for a period of time in a very unique capacity. And I asked him, I said, you know, what are the things that have changed? There's a lot that's changed, but what is really the the root cause of, of all of this violence in our city? And he said, as much as I hate to say this as a former officer of this great city, it's policing, it's leadership. And that's where the focus needs to, to go. So I kind of asked him, I said, if you wouldn't mind, can you expand on that just a little bit? Because policing is a very, you know, that's a vast term. He said, so when I started in the 80s, the, one of the first things we did with our field training officer was we got in the car and we rolled our windows down. I said, okay. He said, we made sure we could hear the radio, you know, for calls, for service and things like that. But we, we rolled our windows down. We, ro we rolled around town with our windows down in the dead of summer, in the, the cold of winter. We listened to what was going on in the areas that we patrolled. We got out of our patrol cars and we knew Mr. Johnny who sat on his front porch that was a war veteran. We knew, you know, the, the guy Travis down the street that had a couple brush ups with the law and he wasn't a bad kid, he just did stupid things, but we knew how to handle him and, and you know, we could listen for things that maybe about to jump off. Maybe there's a verbal altercation going on that we can hear from a distance or citizens are traveling to a specific block or you know, migrating to a specific area because something was about to go down. He said, you don't know that when you got your windows rolled up and you listen to the FM radio and you play it on your smartphone. And uh, he said, that was step one, was listening. I said, wow, that seems simple. He goes, it does seem simple. But he said, here's the other part of it. When we were on scene and doing an investigation, we would, you know, ask for IDs, driver's licenses, things of that nature to attempt to identify these people. We would call in and say, I need you to check this person for fill in the blank. While they were doing that, of course, they're observing the vehicle, they're observing the areas around them, they're asking questions to the suspect while dispatch is doing the, you know, looking up for warrants and wants and whatever else is. And so they're now, you know, dispatch is doing their part, the officers in the street paying attention and got their head on the swivel to what's going on in the streets. And he said, you'd be surprised how many things you could stop and put a stop to when you have that time with the dispatcher going through the process of pulling the information and finding out what's going on. And you can make a real connection with, you know, the people in the community and maybe they're doing nothing wrong. Maybe it's a, oh, you like to fish? Yeah, me too. Well, I know the spot over here and, and now you're bonding with the citizens and really getting to know them. So if they have a problem, they call 911. They hope that Officer Smith shows up to help them with their problem. Or if they see you know, Officer Smith and his partner patrolling the area in his squad car, they're gonna be more apt to roll up to him and say, hey, how's it going? Listen, I just wanted to let you know there was some rowdy you know, foolishness going on Saturday night. If you wouldn't mind, swing by and have a conversation about that standards are always held so I think the way that we have been policing in this country uh, has changed and, and it's going to continue to change here in the city of Montgomery we had a case back in I believe it was 2016 where there was an officer involved shooting and the officer was essentially charged criminally 
and um, wound up actually getting prison time. And I think that kind of was the turn of the tides uh, with the police department in the city of Montgomery. When you have to worry about going to work and making decisions that are going to affect you for the rest of your life and your family, a lot of officers that had been there, veterans that had been there for years, you know, decided that, that just, um, while they don't mind being held accountable, uh, there's just no way they can put everything on the line every single day. And that's something that we're seeing more and more of in law enforcement across the board. I've met several people who are, I met them in law enforcement capacities that no longer work in law enforcement. And I've got a good friend of mine who left law enforcement at a federal level and is so far away from law enforcement, his career path now will never allow him to cross back into law enforcement. Um, if he wants to go back into the field, fantastic. But as far as, you know, oh, maybe I'll, no. His job now is completely away from that. So I think it's very interesting <clears throat> to see how the view on the law enforcement side of it, uh, those are the boots on the ground. Those are the, the men and women who see what's really going on in these communities day in and day out. And I feel like based on the conversations I've had with law enforcement officers that are involved with that situation, they don't feel they have the support of the citizens or the leadership in the city. And until we start getting some changes on the leadership side of the world, you know, it's, it's never going to change. I love the city of Montgomery. A lot of very important things have happened in the city of Montgomery. Some of them are historic and um, have implications on an entire nation. And some of them, you know, selfishly were just, you know, for my family. I have a lot of really good memories of coming to visit my grandparents here in the, the city of Montgomery. And I remember going downtown, you know, to the state capitol building and seeing a lot of those government buildings. That, that was just magical to me. I'd never seen anything like that. And I always felt like an insider because my, my grandparents both worked for the state, but my granddaddy always made it feel like, you know, hey, I'm going to show you something that nobody else ever gets to see. Was that true? I don't know. But, um, you know, I drive around and I see things from my childhood. And I'm like, wow, this place is still here. This place is still there. And a lot of things are the same. The only thing that's changed is the people and the people's perception of, of some of those places and some of those things. So I don't know. I, I know that Things will never be what they once were. I get that. I understand that 100%. But I also know, like you know, that we have uh, certain things in our lives that, you know, we wish we could kind of go back to. And, you know, uh, I heard the saying growing up, the more things change, the more things stay the same. And I think there's a, a logic of truth to that. But what I really would like to see is the city of Montgomery preserve what it once was, get rid of the violence and the crime and get people living in harmony, man. Get people, you know, not worried about going out to, you know, get gas at night and, you know, wanting to go shopping and things of that nature. Uh, there's a lot of things that Montgomery has to offer that I think nobody really gives it credit for anymore. And that's unfortunate. It's time for us to take a break real quick, so don't go anywhere. Freshen up that coffee, do what you gotta do, and we'll be back shortly. You're listening to Chris Black, the podcast. News. Welcome to a quick little game we like to play called 80s and 80 Seconds. This is where I ask a question about the 80s and see if my 14-year-old son knows the answer. You know how to play? Yeah. All right, let's get started. What is a collect call? 
uh, pay phone call that you have to. I'm not. I'm not sure. I think I. It's. I kind of know what it is. Okay. What is a long distance call? It's a call that's long distance that you have to pay extra on your phone before. What is dial-up referring to? Uh, internet. Okay. What does star 69 mean? Uh, I couldn't tell you that one. I actually don't know. Alright, what about TGIF? Thank God it's Friday. Okay. Uh, what was Napster? I, I don't know. What about the D.A.R.E. program? What's that? It's like when police come to your school and teach you about like how to protect yourself during an active shooter situation or like whatnot. I don't know exactly. Who is Zach Morris? I don't know. <clears throat> what is a burn CD? If you want to put something on a CD, you have to use a CD burner to put what you want on it. What is a fax machine? I, I don't know. What about a walk? It's a radio, or not a radio, but it's a CD player, like a portable CD player. And bam, that's the 80s and 80 seconds. Stay tuned for the next segment. Welcome back to another segment. This is Chris Black, host of Chris Black the Podcast. And I want to remind you to swing by and check out our webpage at www.podpage.com forward slash Chris Black. That's podpage.com forward slash Chris Black. And you can find our show notes. You can find other episodes of the show and everything to do with our social media presence and all that fun stuff. So swing by and check it out when you have a chance. So... As you may or may not know, I'm in sales and my job is to go out and um, talk to businesses about uh, their communications and asset tracking and things like that. And I have a pretty cool job. You know, my hours are somewhat flexible and I get to go out and about and do all kinds of cool things and, you know, meet new people and and go places that you wouldn't normally get to go. Um, So it is winding down the summer break rather quickly. And it is time to go visit with my friends in education. And um, we handled two-way radios for most of the schools in the area. We've had a relationship with um, a couple of the school boards here for a long time. Uh, And we like to check on and make sure they got what they need and, you know, kind of get a big bulk order together so we can kind of save the school district some money and do what needs to be done and and all that. But I got to tell you... um, it's one of those sign of the time things that I run into when I'm in some of these places and some of the conversations I've, I've ever heard recently just kind of kind of boggle my mind. Um, we went through a period of time where we had a bit of a hybrid situation pertaining to our um, school attendance policy because of COVID. And essentially we had to, you know, take notice of the, you know, however many days you know, quarantine and all that other fun stuff. We had the online option, of course, and we also had, um, you know, ways to make up the work. And it's just, it's been an absolute nightmare for my honest opinion. And I can tell you, my kids struggle with it a little bit. Um, How anybody's learning anything, I'll never really know, but it doesn't really matter. But this year is kind of the first year that we've gone away from the hybrid education shall we say that's the in-classroom learning 
coupled with the online learning when needed. And parents are kind of freaking out about this kind of stuff, which I understand. We're all trying to remember how we used to do business back in the day. Um, because again, it's, it's kind of changed um, because it's like, we got to be out this many days if you've been infected, if you've come in contact, yada, yada, yada. But one of the things that I'm noticing and I'm really getting excited about is this is kind of that first year back this is kind of the we're going to try to have you know we've said it the last couple we're going to have as normal of a school year as possible i think this time we really mean it and we have a true understanding of what it is to try to have a normal day now i'm sure you can probably hear that little bit of noise in the background that's my coffee pot finishing up and apparently it has to let everyone know that it's done doing its job so we'll hang out here for a second for the old brewmaster to uh finish its deal that sounds like it's done. So another thing I saw was some freshly printed signs, vinyl signs, um, on rolly carts that can be pushed out uh, in front of the school. And the sign says, you are now late, period. Please come in with your child and check your child in. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. The sign initially pissed me off because if I were late and I've been a habitual offender of being late. Um, I know I'm late. You don't have to tell me. I know how to handle my business and handle my responsibilities, and it is what it is. I get it. But then it dawned on me that most people today don't get it, and they would probably, you know, if you're supposed to be in your seat by 7.45, they probably roll up at 8 o'clock and be like, go in and go to class real quick. I get it. I kind of understand that, but it was just kind of funny, and uh, I made a joke with one of the... Um, one of the people, I don't know if they were custodian or state, I don't know if they were an employee or not, if I'm being honest with you. I said, it's sad you have to tell people common sense stuff. And they're like, you'd be really surprised what is no longer common sense. And, you know, kind of agreed with them. So <clears throat> the other thing I'm learning is the way the, um, I've kind of known this all my life because I grew up in education. Uh, my mother was a teacher. My aunt was a teacher. I've got other people in my family you know, who worked in various capacities of education. Um, my stepdad was actually a substitute teacher for a period of time. My wife was a sub for a period of time. Um, there, there's so many things that, you know, that I've learned, you know, growing up with people in the, the industry. And uh, education is, is not simple by any stretch of the imagination. It's kind of sad that people don't give it more credit. But um, I was chatting with my, um, my contact at one of the schools, and she was explaining to me how um, parents don't really ask for permission to do things or ask how to do something. It's, I'm going to need you to do this, that, and the other, or this is how we do it, or our vacation is running longer you know, than it should, so what do I need to do about my kid not being counted absent the first week of school? And it, it's really the education side of the world has turned less into, you know, teachers educating as far as the parents are concerned to a degree. And, and a lot of parents are like, all right, well, this is where my kids go from 730 till 330. And it just needs to be handled. And I'm, I'm going to take a hands off approach. Um, and I think it's kind of as, as parents, we should be advocates for our kids. We should take. Uh, an interest in, in what they do. Now, I'm going to tell you a secret that uh, most people don't know, and if my kids ever listen to this, the jig is up. 
But, um, you know, all the things that we do to support our kids, it's not easy. Um, you know, I've compiled a list kind of, you know, in my head over the years of things that seem like a good idea, but in reality aren't so much fun. Um, you know, going to, um, football games, it's, it's kind of on that list because I enjoy going to the football games, but it's like all the things we have to do now to go is insane. And they got a clear bag policy. You can't, you know, like in the the winter time, we're used to bringing our blankets and this, that, and the other. You can't do that anymore. It's just like they've changed so much of this stuff. So it's turned into a hassle. And, um, yes, I love to go see my my kids perform. And when I say my kids, I mean my biological children and, of course, their classmates. But, Jesus, it's it's turned into such a handle. So, um, you know, I, I love to watch them perform, but I hate the process we have to go through to get there. Um, I also don't like to have to go, you know, two hours before kickoff just so I have a spot to sit. But I understand it's part of the deal. Um, but you take all these things into consideration and, you know, we've we've turned into a what's in it for me kind of a kind of a society. And it's evident. And so even before the school year starts, I guarantee you some of these poor office workers are going to have brain damage from slamming their heads on the counters just by answering the phones. <laughs> It's sad, but please, if you know someone in education, if you've ever been to a school, if you've ever driven by a school, when you go by, pray for these people. Please pray for the administrators, the students, the faculty, the staff. I mean, it's um, we're we're rolling back into another year this year. I'm super excited that it's going to be kind of, I don't want to use the word normal, but it seems like we're kind of getting back to business as usual. So... You know, let's let's keep uh, keep in mind these people are um, you know they're prepping, they're getting ready. The teachers are winding down their summers. Um, I know our district starts back um, the last week of July. That's coming up quick. So uh, just pray for these poor people, man. Coming up in the next segment, I'm going to give you an update on something I introduced several episodes ago pertaining to a little project I put together. So hang on for just a minute. Stick through these next little uh, updates, and uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the next segment. Go ahead and kick that beat up a little bit, DJ. Oh, yeah, that's the funk I'm talking about right there, baby. That's what's up. All right, all right. Well, we're going to get back to the show here. And uh, don't forget to swing by podpage.com forward slash Chris Black to learn all things about the show. Learn more about past shows and other ways to find us to connect online. Now, let's take a quick trip. Back in the day, we're going back to, uh, I don't know. Three months ago. All right. Three months ago, give or take. I mentioned that I had a little pet project that I was working on. And um, one of the things that kind of got me rolling in podcast land was the fact that uh, back in September of 2021, I uh, survived a heart attack. And um, it was the Widowmakers, they call it. Uh, fewer than 12% of patients who have the Widowmakers survive. And um, it was a rough four days in the hospital. Had a couple of stents back to back. And um, God saved me. And I, I believe that. And so the process has been kind of interesting for me from the standpoint that I have tried to figure out 
what my second act is. Um, I've gotten a little closer to God. My religion uh, has, and my faith has really kind of been something I've been focusing on. I'm, I'm kind of wading through a lot of things, and and I've had this conversation with a few people that I'm very close to. And uh, my bottom line is, um, there's something out there for me on this, and um, I was spared for a reason. And um, so I have a lot of experiences. I've done a lot of different things. Um, I've been in you know different types of businesses, industries. I've been around a lot. And, um, you know, broadcasting is something I've always been interested in. I've been a student of broadcasting for years. And, um, you know, from the, the wake up morning show to the um, no holes barred political good stuff, I've listened to it all. And some of it you love, some of it you hate. But, um, you know, through it all, it's, it's been a great experience. Now, one thing I do understand, and I'm not naive enough to believe that anybody can do anything, but uh, I know it's a lot harder than it looks. And when you have people who have a sports show to fill up, you know, four hours or three hours about political stuff and things you're passionate about, that's great. And one thing that I learned in podcast land is I have to provide the content from the, hey, how's it going? all the way to the we'll see you next week. And sometimes it's a little bit more challenging. And depending on what my schedule looks like, it can certainly be challenging quickly. So back to the project I was talking about. Um, One of my goals, since I'm kind of on my second act, as I like to say, uh, was I have a lot of knowledge and information about certain things. And one industry that I'm absolutely beyond passionate about is the wrecker industry, which also encompasses roadside assistance. Now, what's the difference? Wrecker is picking up accident vehicles, disabled vehicles, recovering vehicles out of the woods, you know, basically getting your car back. Roadside assistance is everything that you don't need to tow a truck for, like your jump starts, tire change, fuel delivery, etc. So I started off in, you know, towing, did a little roadside, loved it and enjoyed the industry. And I learned a lot about it. And I have mentored people in the past. I've tried to mentor people in the past. Uh, some people have been successful. And um, I know a couple of guys that are, after all these years, that are still doing it. And it's absolutely amazing what they have been able to accomplish. And, um, you know, they had a, a hope and a dream. And, you know, I gave them a couple of nuggets. And, you know, some people figure it out. Some people don't. And some people, I gave them the keys of the kingdom. And they just threw them in a cup holder. And I was like, ah, oh, Hoss, we ain't worried about that. Well, nah, we ain't going to do nothing with it. Well, guess what, my friends? The days of me giving out free information on the roadside assistance deal and even towing for that matter is done and over with. I have been very excited about putting together my knowledge in a book that's coming out. And the book is basically the blueprint on how to start a roadside assistance business, the tools that are required to make it work. And also the uh, steps to, you know, schedule pricing and things of that nature. Now, here's what's really cool about it. Writing a book is not that hard, but picking and choosing what goes in the book can be a nightmare. That's kind of what I ran into with, you know, writing my book because I had a lot of information and it was just like, oh yeah, I got this and I got that and I got and I bounced around so much. And so finally, I just had to say, all right, let's outline it. And then in each you know, chapter, we do a, a section. And then we break that section down into you know, usable knowledge and so forth. So that was a pretty interesting experience for me. Uh, I just completed the rough draft of the book. Um, it's 10 chapters and it's chock full of money-making opportunities. Um, I'm partnering with a good friend of mine 
that um, is from the internet marketing space and has actually helped put together some of these mastermind courses in the past. And um, we're working together. I, I don't know how to put this course together, but I, I figured out how to write a book kind of. And I want to take this information for people who are really serious about it and allow them the opportunity to get in to learning what it takes to make this work. And this course will include not just a book, but I'm hoping to make videos and do the audio portion because most people who drive tow trucks, if we're being honest, they're not going to be able to read a book and drive down the road. If you're in the roadside assistance business going from call to call, we have a lot of time with the windshield and uh, we listen to the radio and podcasts and books on tape and I mean, all kinds of fun stuff. So that's something to keep in mind going forward. So I want to assist people in being able to utilize that time wisely while they're out and about. And I'm putting together a complete system that will allow you to read the book, go through and do some worksheets, so to speak, and kind of, you know, make it happen. So that's kind of what I'm after with the with the book. Now, I did reveal, I guess, several episodes ago. Actually, it's back in April, I think it was. Or, no, I think it was at the beginning of June, so I hadn't been in a couple months that I was interested in writing a book about my first year of survival and recovery from a heart attack. Now, I have outlined that book, I have started that book, and I'm working on it on a consistent basis. The one thing that I can tell you is that has certainly been a passion project of mine because I could not find a lot of resources about people that have survived heart attacks. Now, on that note, something that's really been on my mind pertaining to you know survival and all these fun things, you know, when we're given a second chance, we don't often understand really what we've been given. And some people take advantage of that. And that's one thing that I try to make sure that I focus on the opportunity that I've been given so that I don't waste the time that I've been spared. Um, I feel like I was spared from, you know, September 24th forward is a new beginning for me. And in that process, I've lost a lot of weight. I quit smoking. I never really drank, although I probably should have drank a little more and maybe I wouldn't have had this problem uh, to get rid of the stress, but I'm just kidding. Never had a problem with cocaine or drugs, you know, but I did eat like garbage. I slept when I wanted to. I would go, you know, a couple hours of sleep over a period of time and all these unhealthy things. And you know better. You know that, you know, sleeping four hours in two days is not good for you. And I knew that and I chose to do what I did and it is what it is. So we've, we've learned um, that some of these habits have to be changed. So in the process, it's kind of like examining what is your legacy? What do you want to leave behind? And the truth of the matter is I want to continue to help people long after I'm gone. I feel like these podcasts are kind of my window to the soul, so to speak. And, uh, you know, I like to have fun. I don't like to get too deep, but I feel like this is when I'm dead and gone. You know, people can listen to my podcast. Of course, by then we probably won't even do the podcasting will be long forgotten. So, you know, it'd be like having, um, you know, videotapes, you know, from the 1980s and so forth, you know, you know, who knows it's digital. So hopefully it's the same, or we probably won't even have the technology to listen to MP3s when the time comes, but I digress. So stay tuned for the next segment. We're going to give you an update on some other cool stuff I've got going on with the podcast also. Go ahead, enjoy that funk, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Coming up next, another segment, the final segment.
You may think you know what that song is, but it's not that. I promise you that. It's kind of funny, actually. But anyway, <clears throat> well, all good things must come to an end, and today's episode is no exception. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of your time with me, and unfortunately, it's time you'll never get back, so hopefully it was time well spent. In the meantime, swing by podpage.com forward slash Chris Black to learn more about the show, connect with me on social media, and uh, you can find other ways to listen to the show as well, and that's where we put all of our pertinent information, if you will. So until next week, hopefully you can stay safe, enjoy your time, learn some things, and I'll be back next week with some more stories for you. Thanks again.